This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Give me a chance to speak. It was stuck in my stomach. I didn't. I was here in Israel Tuesday and Wednesday, and I have this speech every week. And I was like, "Who am I going to talk to?" So, um, you are my therapist today, allowing me to uh, get it out of my stomach. Um, so I came to Israel this time because. Baruch Hashem, um, I had a big birthday um, yesterday, which is my 60th birthday, which is says, very wrong reaction. <laughs> reaction should have been, what? You look like you're 30. Okay, that didn't, that didn't work. Um, and it says in the Gemara that you're supposed to make a su'uda when you're 60 because then you're out of kares. person that's high of kares dies before he's 60. So if you made it to 60 plus a day, you have a reason to be very happy. So, well, Hashem, we made it. So that's why I really came to Israel and I felt that the best way to celebrate a birthday is to come to Israel and to get brachas and to go to the Kaisel in the morning down with Sikin. So yesterday I made a big kiddush by Wasikin. Sorry I didn't invite you. I didn't have that much herring. Um, I know how guys eat, but it was, it's Hakar it's, it's, it's That's really what we're going to talk a lot about today. Um, and also, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going to happen when you get to America. You guys work so hard. Some of you guys have changed your whole life this year, and it'll take about a week to lose it all. And it's an experience that I've been dealing with for a long time. About 70% of the guys sitting here right now, when I said that, said in their own head, he's wrong because I'm different. About 70% is like, no, I'm not going to, it's not going to happen to me. I know guys like that, but I'm not like that. In the Constitution of the United States, it says all men were created equal. <laughs> so the biggest kayak of the Eight Sahara, um, the, the biggest two words or four words or three words is I'm different, we're different, or she's different. Because <laughs> we talk about Shemunigia many times and the guy's like, no, no, we, we, me and her, we, we could spend time with each other and hang out and chill. I'm like, what about Shemini Gia? It's like, no, nah, we're different. And then um, a few months later, it's a big situation we got on our hands because you're not different. So the Yitzhar always tells you you're different. You're not really a dr- You don't really do drugs. You don't really drink. You just drink on Shabbos. So you're different. You just once in a while take a hit. So you're different. This is his kayak. He keeps telling you, you're different. You can handle it. You can handle it. You can do it once. You're not going to do it again. You can handle it. Because you're different. You're not. You're not. Ain't up a tropus larius. The summer is the hardest time. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking. That's why I don't want girls listening to our shit today. We're guys. And, you know, you, you did very good, but you're insular. You know what that means? I hope most of you. You're in a base medrash, and you have a Rebbe every day, and you're in, you're in Kedusha, and you have Sparnum, and you're learning Gemara, and you're sort of in this castle with walls that's protecting you. And you, you get off that airplane in, in, in Kennedy Airport, you'll feel it. You'll feel, I'll feel it tomorrow morning. You feel you just lost the protection. There's no one there. You're just getting off the plane. You're seeing some different looking people that they don't have in Israel. We're not going to mention, you know. Just keep it, <laughs> keep it wide open. And then, you know, you get on the Bell Parkway. You see some more different people. And you're like, what am I doing here? The signs are not in Ivrit. And the old friends, the girls, the guys, the old times, you're back, and you're 
your mamish lose. I will lose. My, I'm coming. I'm, I'm in Eretz Yisrael now for three days. I landed Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, Wednesday, and today. All I've done is go to Mekamis Kedoshim. What I covered in the last three days is not normal. Rav Chaim, Rav Steinman, Rav David Abba Chatsheva, Rav Gamliel. Today, three more Rabbanim. Rav Shimon Bayechoi. I went to I went to Amuka, the Rambam, the Rambam, Rav Yechonon Ben Zakkai. His five told me it didn't stop, didn't stop, didn't stop. Not, not for two seconds. But seeking every morning, it didn't stop, didn't stop. And I don't intend to stop. And I know that I'm landing in Newark. I'm, I'm getting into my car and I'm driving straight to the mountains. I'm landing at 4:30. It means I'm going to be in the mountains by 6:45 million in Woodridge. And I know that by tomorrow afternoon, I will have lost half of what, I'm, what I have right now. There's no question. And then when I go tomorrow, when I go to Davin, right, usually I come, you know, during the week, I go to Shachris tomorrow. There's no Kosel. There's no screaming Shema Yisrael. There's no sitting by the Kosel for two hours and just chilling with God and just learning and doing Chok. And it's over. You're in Shul. It's 35 minutes. Everyone's on the run. Basketball court, the pool, laying there, listening to your music. Oh my gosh. It's going to happen to everyone in this room. It's going to happen. Because you're not going to be sitting in yeshiva. You're going to be out there in Brooklyn, in Flatbush, in Florida, I don't know wherever you are. In L.A., that's even better. <laughs> Sorry, all guys. That's just, just, that highway is a little different than Bell Parkway. So, we're going to have to try to do something to preserve it because so many guys in this room have changed their whole life. And your whole fantasy and your whole dream was to leave all that garbage behind and come to Eretz Yisrael and just steig. And, it's, and, and, and you think that, okay, I'll drop a little bit, but I'm coming back next year. See, it's a hurry. It's a, don't worry about the summer. All right, party. But you're going to come back, and you're going to be back in this place, and you're going to grow. No. The Rambam says, a person who says, I'm going to sin, and I'm going to do tshuva, God doesn't allow you to do tshuva. You're not going to be back here next year. And if you are, you'll be back in a worse place than when you started this year. So it's very, very important that somehow we have to be insular when we go back to, to America. The first, the first way to do that is to have a Seder. I know it's summer and everything. Learn half a day. If you start your day sitting and learning for three hours till 12, 1 o'clock, and then you go and do your stuff, it's a, different, it's a totally different day. But if you say, I'm going to do whatever I have to, and then I'm going to learn at night, it won't happen. You're not going to get to learn at night. It's going to be very hard. You have to start your day. You're learning a whole day here. So you're, you're taking vacation. You're not learning a whole day there. It's a half a day. But that half a day is going to save you. And don't go to a minion that dominates in 20 minutes because I'm sure the yeshiva minion here doesn't dominate in 20 minutes. Go to a slower minion. Protect yourself. Because you're here. And next year you want to be here. But if you're here and you go back to the summer and you start all over again here and you're going to be lower than where you started because you fell. So you're going to be here you're going to start all over again. It's going to be very hard to get here next year. So if you fall a little bit, you fall a little bit, so next year, you're starting here instead of here. Okay. Okay, we're all human. You can't expect the guy in the summer to be what he is the whole winter when he's sitting alone in the Israel. But you're starting here, not here. So we've got to do some stuff. We're going to talk about it today. We've got to do some stuff that's going to protect us. Of course, you have to be in touch with your Rabbeim. You have to be very, very careful with Shmir Sinayim in the summer. And it's not an easy thing. It's an interesting passage. It says, Lysasuru, Lysasuru, 
What does the word susuru mean? Anyone here know? Follow. You shouldn't follow, turn away, and follow your heart and your eyes. So, if you're, if you're walking in the summer and a girl walks by, you're like, Rebbe, what do you want for my life? I was walking. She walked across the street in front of me. I saw her. I, I, I didn't know she was going to walk across the street. That's not the Avera. Avera is the Sasuru. The Avera is following her. That's the Avera. The Avera is following. Sasuru, turning and following. That Hashem's not my home. A girl walked in front of you, you didn't know. Of course, you're not in a place. You're in mid-Manhattan or you're somewhere where people are supposed to be dressed and someone walked in front of you. It's not your fault. If you talk a, a someone who has Shemir Sinayim, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You'll be protected. But you're not so strong in Shemir Sinayim. So someone walked in front of you. What do you want from me? But if you continue to watch that person, then you're What a crazy word. So Suru becomes Zoinim? So Suru becomes Zoinim? Guys, you say it every day. Kriyashma, twice a day. Yeah. So Suru becomes Zoinim. You know, you ever realize that you say that in Kriyashma every day? What? Come on! Yeah. If you're Susuru, if you follow your heart, and your eyes, your heart means you thought about it. You didn't only see it, but you're thinking about it. As you're watching, you're thinking about it. So your heart's thinking about it. Your eyes are seeing it. In the end, you're going to be zoinim with what you see. So the first thing of the summer, and it's not easy. I might be 60 years old, but I'm still a guy. It's not easy to have Shemir Senayim. And it says that if you see from afar that someone's coming and walking that's not dressed correctly and you don't look your mom is, your, 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 your look the other way you know that girl's walking in front of you you know you can see what you want to see and you look the other way it says if you say a tefillah at that moment that you're looking away your mom is, don't see her because you know she's coming you look the other way the tefillah will be accepted no matter what you want not if you set yourself up in a place where women walk like that and you're like you're not looking it's not a game not a game not a setup. not a game but if your mama sees someone, you really want to look at that person in the summer, you really want to look at her, and your mama says, I'm not looking at her because of Shmir Sinayim, because you could ask for Tchir Samesim, you could ask for Shalim with people, cancer stage four. Because the way it works is like this. When a person breaks the Teva, and a man's Teva, right, is Enapatropos Larais. Our Teva is not to be moral when it comes to women. Ain't have a trouble with that rise. If you are if you are able to break your teva, to break a man's nature by not looking, we're not talking about talking to girls and touching girls and not and all that. I'm not even going there. I'm talking about looking right now. If you're able to break that nature, you have the strength to break that nature. You have a right to say to God, I just did a miracle. I'm a human being. I'm a human being. I just did a miracle. I broke teva. What is breaking Teva? Kriyas Yamsuf. The ocean split. You broke Teva. I just did Kriyas Yamsuf. I wanted to look and I looked the other way. I just broke Teva. I know someone that's very sick. And the doctor said, Teva, this person has three months. I have a right to say to God, 
if I can break Teva, because that's what you want me to do, you want me to have Shmira Sinayim, you're God, you surely can break Teva. It's a Kalvachaymer. So I'm asking you for this person at this moment to give them a Rufushalim. I'm asking for Panasa, whatever, whatever it is. How do we know this? It's coming up. It's something I talk about every single Tishabah. Rachel Imenu. It's in Medrash, it's in the Medrash Eicha. And in the Medrash Eicha it says that Avram Avinu came in front of Hashem. First, Yemiyahu called the Avos and said, you know what's going on? Your kids are being killed. The Beit Midrash is burning. So they all came to Hashem. And Avram Avinu came to Hashem. And he said to Hashem, is this what I, 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 this is what I did. I became who I was for my children to suffer like this. And Hashem said, sorry. Your children are, ser- no. So Hashem told Avram that they were serving Avodah Zarah and things like that. Avram said, oh, then Yitzchak, Yaakov, they all went. Moshe Abenu, is this why I suffered? I, I led the flock. I was the shepherd. For this, Hashem didn't listen to anybody. Kapsu Rachel. Rachel Yimenu jumped up. And I told you yesterday, I was like, Kevin Rachel, I said, I'm, I'm going to stay over this in, in your name. She jumped up and she said to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, you should learn this Medrash Eicha because I mean, if you have one here, I would read it from inside. But the Medrash Eicha says the following, that, sorry, so, that Rachel Yimenu said to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, I am a normal human being. Yaakov Avinu worked to marry me. I wanted to be with him. And I knew that my sister, that my father was going to trick him and give my sister. And I knew that my sister would be embarrassed. So I went ahead and I gave her the simonim. And I was jealous of her. I wanted, I didn't want to, to do this, but I did it. Because I broke my jealousy. That's what she says. I broke my taiva for him. I broke my jealousy for him so that my sister should not be hurt. And the Medrash Eicha said that because he would recognize, even though, it's a question I always had until I went to Medrash Eicha, even though she knew the Simanim, her voice is different than Rachel Imenu. So Rachel Imenu gave her over the Simanim but when she said them, the secret code, Yaakov should have said, that's not Rachel's voice. So the Medrash says that Rachel Imenu was underneath the bed. Underneath the bed that Yaakov and Leah were in. And she said from underneath the bed, when he asked the Simanim, she said the Simanim, Leah was quiet. And he heard the Simanim actually from Rachel's mouth. So she said to Akash I was underneath the bed of my sister that was taking my place from the one that I loved. And I never, ever told Yaakov. I broke my jealousy for my sister. And you're God? You're God? And you're jealous because your children are serving, they're serving idols that have no power? You can't overcome the jealousy that you have from these idols when I was able to overcome the jealousy I had from another human being? Come on, Hashem, what is this? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Rachel Imenu, you, I'm a Kabbalah I promise you they will come back to Eretz Yisrael 
We know Rachel Mavakish. Enough songs of that, right? Abaneha. She was the only one Hashem listened to. Now, when you read this Medrash Eicha, it's like, first of all, she was a big machotzif. Let <laughs> me talk to God like that. Like, I wasn't jealous. You're jealous? Machotzif. How do you, how do you, how do you get up and talk to God that way? And the answer is, it's not what she was saying. She was saying, I broke my teva. I want, I was supposed to marry Yaakov. My sister is taking, she's a tsara. She's taking my husband. I was under the bed. I broke my nature. Because Baruch Hu, you're not going to break yours. They deserve to die, but you're not going to break yours. I can't get you to do a miracle when I did a miracle myself. Because Baruch Hu said, yes. I hear you. You're right. We learn from there. A person has a crazy kayak. If you are able to break a midah, if you are able to look the other way when you want to really look at the girl that's walking down the street or whatever you want to look at that's wrong, you're able to break it at the same time underneath your... Uh, uh, you should speak quietly and you should say a tefillah at that point. Can you imagine that? Girls walking down the street, you know, look. You're saying a tefillah. Can you take this picture for a second? Can anyone here see this picture? There's a guy from this yeshiva. He's, he's walking down the street somewhere. This beautiful girl, not dressed, half-dressed, is walking down the street in Manhattan and he sees her on the corner and he really wants to take a look at every part of her body and he says, no, no, I'm not looking at anything. She doesn't exist. And he turns around and he says, a tefillah? Shemayim is shaking. It's not easy. It's easy to sit here and say, yeah, I could do that. Everyone's like, I could do that. Rabbi, huh, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be doing like a lot of miracles this year. Satan's not stupid. You can do it when you're in the room, but it's very hard when you're not in the room. So the first thing you need to do is shmir tzinam. And on the other hand, anyone, any guy that I've, I've taught, you know, a guy I think I teach girls. I, I was a Rebbe for 30 years in a row, eighth grade boys. So my first experience was definitely teaching boys. And it was a lot more fun. These tapes are never going to get to them. <laughs> Different. I miss my guys. My guys. I'm a guy who played tackle football every Sunday, every Friday. Tackled the Rebbe. Got 20 bucks. <laughs> and I failed you in Gemara. <laughs> very, very, very different relationship. Very different relationship. So you have to be close to the Rebbe. You need to call them when you're, when you're going through. And, and outside of that, I can just tell you that when a person learns Tyra and his eyes are clean, his perception of the Torah that he's learning, his understanding, and it's the most important word here is, and the effect that the Torah has on him to change him who he is, works a million times better if your eyes are clean. It's like a window. If the sun is out and we have a perfectly clean window, then the sunlight comes into the room. It's great. But if the window's filthy and the window's dirty, you get a little bit of the sunlight, but you don't get, you don't get clarity, you don't get clear sun. The eyes of a person are the windows to your soul. Do you know that? The eyes to the person, the window to the soul. The eyes only take in. They're called the highest part of your Shemayim. In, in Kabbalah, your head, your head from your chin up is called Shemayim, the heaven. From your shoulders down, it's called Aretz, the land. Why? Because the Pasuk in the Torah says that the land, Tachesodah, gave out. So, you go to the bathroom, right? Your shoulders and down, your organs 
send stuff out of your body that's in your body, right? You go to the bathroom, Mashiach. But Shemayim, Oretz, Tatsay Shadda, some things grow from the land. So that's like the tummy, the, the lower realm of a, of a human being. The higher realm of the human being is his head and up. The highest organ in his head are your eyes. The next organ is your ears, your nose, and your mouth. So the ears, the eyes, and the nose, your ears take in, they hear. Your eyes take in, they see. Your nose takes in, it breathes. Your mouth is the bridge. A person's mouth is the bridge, and that's why there's so much comfort time about what you say, what you don't say. Because the mouth does both. Again, from your shoulders down, it gives out. From your chin up, it takes in, but your mouth does both. It takes in food, and it gives out words. So it's a bridge. It's, it's, got, two, it's got two lanes. It does both. It's Shemayim, Ba'aretz, the mouth. The highest level of Shemayim, according to Kabbalah, that a human being has, is his eyes. Because it's the top one. And the eyes take in. And they go right to a person's neshama. There were Gedolim that could look at a person's eyes and it's, it's, it's not that hard to learn how, how to know a person by looking at their eyes. And that's one of the reasons that a boy is never supposed to look into a girl's eyes until he's married. Because when the neshama of the boy and the neshama of the girl, when the eyes can see into each other, then the two neshamas can see each other. And if it's the wrong thing or if it's the right thing, it's not. Emotional relationships, 80% of the time, turn into physical relationships. So you never... I deal with girls all the time. The first thing my Rebbe Rangamil says is, look to the side. Never look a girl into her eyes. The person's eyes is a neshama. If you look into someone's eyes, that's a neshama. And if the eyes are dirty, the neshama is dirty. So there are guys that learn and they don't understand why they don't understand the Gemara. And they don't understand, like I have this kid in my class and he's sitting and learning all day long. He knows the Gemara about Peh. He has a low life. He's always messing around and doing things he shouldn't. But I don't understand. And Wallstein, Torah, is supposed to change who you are. So how come it's not changing him? And the answer is that he's watching movies, he's reading, he's looking at, at, at magazines, he's looking at things he shouldn't do on the internet. So even though he's going to yeshiva and he's learning, his <laughs> eyes are so filthy that the Torah that's going in there is filtered with dirt. So it ends up in the Shama full of all these pictures. Could you imagine a piece of Gemara that you're learning comes into your soul and it's a it, piece of Gemara, Abai Ama, Abai Barava, comes into your soul and they're connected to all the stuff that you just looked on the internet. Do you think that in your neshama that's going to purify you or raise you or make you higher? Like, I don't understand. I came to learn today. I don't feel any different. Just the opposite. It's not going in. Because how does it go in? To your eyes. That's the same thing with Shmia. What do you listen to? And that's my whole discussion. It's not for today. On Goyesha music. What's the problem with Goyesha music? I'm a drummer. I did tshuva a few years ago. But I, would, I, I, I couldn't listen to Jewish music. I was, I was, uh, I played, I was a, not a rock and roll drummer, but pretty much a rock and roll drummer. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't play Jewish music. When I was 1920, the top 100 songs... Right on WABC, the top 100 songs. You had a countdown, New Year's. I knew all top 100 songs from one to, from 99 all the way down. My heart. I knew every single rock and roll thing. I loved it. And, and at that time, we were having a discussion. And I'm like, it's not like today. You listen to this garbage. And I'm not sure you guys don't, but like, you know, it, it has such an effect on you. In my high school, my girls' high school, 
they're a little different. They're a little bit on, you know, they're not listening to Jewish music, that's for sure. So in, in BCA, the girls are walking around and they, you know, they have this, the, the cool thing, I'm sure you guys know that, you have one earbud hanging so your friend can pick up that earbud so the two of you can listen. One ear here, one here there, right? It's very nice to watch two kids walking down the hall together. One has one in here, the other one has the one in there. And they're like, I'm like, uh, could I just listen to what you guys are listening to? Yeah, Rabbi, you got to hear this, you know? And they stick it in my ear and it's like, kill your mother, kill your brother. <laughs> Yo, what's up? Kill another. I'm like, now I understand. Now let's go learn. Hello? Okay, so in my day, with none of that, there was a group, I'll never forget it. There's a group called Meatloaf. But I'm using the song just to tell you. There's a group called Meatloaf. They, they're, they're big. They're big selling. Their their number one song they came out was called a, was called A Bat Out of Hell. It's the name of the song. They put it into all the music stores. All the music stores took them out. You couldn't buy it because they had the word hell on it. Yeah, that was the name of the song. With no kill your brother, kill your mother, none of that. It's very plain. It was the Beatles. It was the Doors. It was very plain music. You know, no screaming and yelling that we should kill everyone. No one's screaming at you. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, I can't. I don't understand it. I, I, I'm sure that you don't even know what I'm talking about. You guys are listening, you know, to Mordechai and David probably, whatever. But they're screaming at you, and they're screaming at you dirty, filthy words, and you can't even scream back. So of course you're going crazy. If you want to scream back, okay, put them in a room, scream at them. But it's crazy stuff. So, so the ears, the ears, right? Your eyes see Torah. The ears hear Torah. Has an effect. Rabbi Wallstein was the bigger, was the biggest fighter for non-Jewish music. I told my rebbies, you don't know what you're talking about. No one ever became not from because of the Beatles, the Yellow Submarine. We all live in a Yellow Submarine. Oh, that's an orphan. That's a trash. Did they have mezuzahs? Like, what was going on? I don't know. Right? I was the biggest fighter for Gaiushi music. The sound of silence. We said, Garfunkel? They were Jews. Yeeden. They wrote a niggin. I really believe that. And I'll tell you, and I played it. I didn't only listen to it. I played it. Because if you know anything about drumming, it's, it's, the, it's the life of the music. So I was very orangutan in this. And I didn't listen to anyone who told me. Because I could not... If I was listening to rock and roll, I, I could not then start listening to the Epstein Brothers, you know. Every song sounded alike. Everything was freiluch. I was like, I can't listen to this stuff. It sounds like someone scratched a record. Like, I, I can't listen to this <laughs> And I came to Eretz Yisrael. And I, I'm talking about way after I'm married. Way after I'm married. I came to Eretz Yisrael. And they told me that there's a tzaddik. He was actually here in Yushalayim. And I got to go see his Motzei Shabbos Malaba Malka. He lives in a house that was half that room. Half that room. Kitchen, bedroom, half the, less than half that room. And he lit 126 candles. Let's say Shabbat. You walked into that house, it was so hot. <laughs> and the mirror boy, it was said that if you sit there by his Malava Malka, he's Kaddish, he was a Makobo, he's Kaddish. If you sit by his Malava Malka a few times, you guaranteed to get a shit right away when you when you leave Eretz Yisrael. No, it was an old thing. It was a, it was a, so I said, you know what? I was very into my Makobalim. I wanted to check out, I was very into the whole Kabbalah and Makubalah. So I was called an SIT. You know what that is? A spook in training. <laughs> we had a club of guys with spooks in training. Okay? So 
I got to see this man. 126 candles, and the place is packed with mirror guys. They all want to get married, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm just looking at his face, and he's like, he's Kaddish. He's like, Kaddish. You know what? I'm not, I'm not stupid. I'm going to sit there with 40 guys in this TV room. Went over to him. I said, Shalom Aleichem. Could I come tomorrow to speak to the Rav? Because at that point, going to Machloflashri, I was going to Ulam Kubalim to learn what they do, to watch there. You know, I thought I was going to get on a flying carpet and I'm be able to fly, do things, you know. <laughs> so I come the next morning, just guddle. And he's sitting with the Gemara like this. Mama's like this. And I walk into the room, and behind him is a cassette tape recorder playing like a Pirche song. And he's learning, and the Pirche song is behind him. Okay, I sit down. Oh, Shalom Aleichem! Closes the Gemara and turns off the tape. Okay. I said, Shalom Aleichem, I told him whatever I wanted to tell him. I said, if I could ask the Rav a question, because I wasn't scared to ask anything. I see the Rav's learning. What's with the tape recorder? Doesn't it disturb you? Pulls out a Sefer, pulls out another Sefer. He says, you, you don't know that all the Nevi'im, all the Nevi'im, could not get Nevi'is I think it's written in Chavakuk. I'm sure. I think it's, that's where it's written. Nobody can get Nevi'ah from Hashem without music playing in the background. The only one that could get Nevi'ah without music was Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore, listen to this, guys. You want to know what music is? You have no idea what music is. Therefore, in the base Hamigdash, guys, the base Hamigdash, the most Kaddish place, you saw the Shekhinah, Kehanim, Halacha is that the Levim had to be there when you did that Vida singing and playing music. Music is going to help the Kedush in the base of Midrash when I have when I have the Shekhinah and the Kohanim and the Karbanais. You can't do that Vida without music. Bachol. They had a bunch of Levim standing there Violins, there were different instruments in those days. Drums, violins. I got your band! To have Ruach HaKodesh, to connect on a spiritual level to the other world, it has to be done through music. I saw in a Sefer, oh, would I just see this? An unbelievable Sefer that says that when you learn Gemara, if you sing it with a niggin, you understand it a hundred times easier than if you don't. But you're supposed to sing when you learn Gemara and the big tzaddikim, when you listen to them learn, they used to sing their Torah, their Gemara, with a nigan. So in the Beis HaMikdash, the most kaddishing place in the world, you still needed music because music could take it to another level than the Beis HaMikdash, Levim, you have to play. It's brought down that when Adam was thrown out of Ben Eden, Hashem said, I'm throwing you out, but you're my child. So I want to send you out with a present. You can't have from the Eitz Hadas, and you can't have from the Eitz Hachayim, but you can take anything that you want, one thing, out of Ben Eden. And Adam took music. There seems to have been music in Ben Eden. And he said, if you're throwing me out of Ben Eden and I have to go into the world, the only way to exist in the world is to bring music into the world. That's the Kedusha side. So now when you take music 
from the other side, of course from Ganadin from Gehenim, and you take music from the Kayachatuma, and you take music from the person who's writing the music, the best lesson I ever gave, which I can't do here, the best lesson I ever gave in music, I went to a store on Avenue M, there's a magazine store, and I said, could you give me two rap magazines? I was scared someone's going to see me buying rap magazines. Yeah, you're giving your share. Right, Rabbi. Right. <laughs> you're into two cents. What is it called? Two cents? Whatever it's called. 22 cents? How, many, how much was he worth? <laughs> right? No one wants to show that they know what I'm talking about. Right? <laughs> 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 right? Rabbi's good, but you said it wrong, Rabbi. It's 50 cents. <laughs> but anyway, so I went and I bought these two magazines. And I cut out pictures of the rappers with their gold teeth, with their crazy tattoos. With, they all have to have that look like, I want to murder you, I want to kill you, and then I want to cut you up and send you to your mother in pieces. <laughs> I took all these pictures, I did. I took all these pictures. I took about 20 pictures. Nasty looking guys. Really nasty looking guys. Like, you know, all those big rings. You don't know, of course, you never saw it, but all these big rings with the chains that... Like Mama, uh, they have the whole 47th Street gold on, the, on, the, on their neck, on their side, right? And they have this, this angry, disgusting, savage look. And then I went to Eichler's. And I bought a picture of Ham and Rashmul and all the different pictures of all the Gedalim. And I took about 20 pictures, every picture that I could pretty much find of a Gedalim. And I went to my girls, and I said, I'm not giving you a speech about music. I want to show you what Kaddishtika music turns a person into and what Tamadika music. I want you to take a picture of the gunnel, take a picture of the rapper. I just want you to look at it. This is the product of their music. And this is the product of our music. Which one of these do you want to be? I didn't give a shit. And they passed it around the class. And they're like, we never realized this. I'm like, look at the face of Rapam. And look at the face of this guy, Fiddy Set, and all the other guys who are killing each other. They're just, it's just about killing and raping and destroying. It's their music. It's where it's coming from. Look what you become. That was the whole share. The following share, I did something crazy <laughs> for a change. I said, that's my visual. You see my visual? That's my visual. Jewish music, this is what you happen to... I want to tell you something about Rav Shlomo Kalabach that I know for a fact. Whether you made mistakes or not, all that stuff, I'm not getting involved. That's up to Hashem. I'm not getting involved. He was, he was a, he knew how to learn unbelievable. He was a, a Muslim from Rav Aaron Kotlo. What happened, what didn't happen. But why is his music still alive? Why every Shabbos mem why Lechadaydi all over the world? Why? People were not so happy with the way he lived. Right? He wasn't, he wasn't a, a, a rebel. His music, of any music that was ever created in the Jewish world, is by far the most used. Yom Kippur, Nosuch, everything. Kalabach. If you want to get spiritual, you sit around on a much of Shabbos, and the guys sing Kalabach. Why does he have such a kiyom? He doesn't even have music, boys. 
he talks. If you know anything about Kalbach with his guitar, he's talking. He doesn't have a voice. He's not Ohad. He doesn't have a crazy voice. He's not Shweki. If you listen to his tapes, it's just like strumming it, you know. I was walking in Yerushalayim, and then I met a, a bus driver. You know. <laughs> so wh- why did he have such a key? I'm going to tell you why he has such a key. So one of the boys in his one of the boys in his um, choir told me that before they started singing, he called all his boys together his choir. He said, "Listen, it's unbelievable. I have never." ever listened to a non-Jewish song? Never. The Beatles, nothing. I never listened to, I never listened to a non-Jewish song. He said, boys, you don't want to know why? Because if I listen to a non-Jewish song, then when I write my music, it's going to be affected by that song. I don't want my music to be affected. He says, boys, you're in my choir. I'm asking you one favor. You cannot listen to non-Jewish songs. I have no question. The Shlomo Kalbach's music, what you think of him, what you don't think of him, he was Yeshiva, whatever it is, not important, but no one will deny that his music, Hasidim sing it, Litva, everybody sings it. Certain places they won't let you sing it. But most places, they sing it. You go to the Kaisal Friday night, what's going on there? What's going on there? And Kalbach Minyanim all over the place. What's going on over there? What? 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 And you sit, when you want to go to a high level, some of his songs, you sit there, you're crying. You're crying. Your mom is sitting there crying. Why? Where does he have this kayak from? Never, ever, he listened to one Goyer song. Because he wanted to make sure that all those nigunim would be perfectly clean. It has an effect. So when this tzaddik told me this, you know what? Even though I don't like Jewish music, at that time, I'm going to 30 days, go clean. No non-Jewish music. He went back to America. No non-Jewish music. And all of a sudden, my learning, I felt, went up a notch. Weird. I'll do another 30 days. Do another 30 days. And until you stop listening to non-Jewish music, you don't realize that I, I, was, I was fighting it. It has no effect on me, but when you stop, it's like when you stop smoking. Like smoking doesn't bother me. When you stop smoking, all of a sudden, you stink from smoke. Don't come into my car with smoke. Mishugam, the guy last week was smoking two packs of cigarettes. Now he stopped smoking. All of a sudden, like, don't smoke near my room. Meanwhile, your room stinks. You, we, we begged you a hundred times to stop. What happens? When you stop, you become sensitive, right? When you step out of the room, right now, Shermer Shabbos, they had a fire next door to Shermer Shabbos. The cleaners burnt down. Big fire in Borough Park. Shabbos smells so bad. You walk in, it comes from the smoke. You walk in there, and your eyes are tearing. Of course, they have the same in Yom. So Moshe Matthew, who's my friend, right? He says, why are your eyes tearing? So Moshe, you, I can hardly breathe in here. But he's in there all day. He said, I do not smell a thing, I promise. Because if you're in it all day, you don't smell. You walk out of the room like, oh my gosh. So when you're in the music, you don't feel it. But when you stop, when you stop the music, that's when you begin to realize that it takes you to the shelf. I stopped clean after that. I was done. I was done. It's hard. You know, sometimes you walk into stores and you hear that song, you know, who wrote it, whatever it is. It's hard. But I, I don't have a question 
my learning and my understanding of things that Zechai Wallstein should not understand at all. No way should I understand these things, even at 60. I am understanding things that because I cleaned up my eyes and I cleaned up my ears, and therefore you get a certain sound of Ishmael. And that's number one thing this summer. Because music's big in the summer, and your eyes are very big in the summer. And of course, eating, you have to be as careful with what you eat as, a, as you are in yeshiva. It doesn't change. Well, in the summer, and it doesn't have a hefsha, this and that, I don't know about the night. It's the same, it's the same thing. Eating is, is, I'm just going through a whole in you with somebody. If, if a person, to save his life, right, you have to give him trafe. Or, right, you have to give him trafe. That's, that, whatever it is, you have to save his life. The whole, the whole discussion is that there's a formula for kids that are allergic to like everything that's not kosher. So you have to give it to the kid. That's what the kid has to eat because they have stomach, whatever it is. Is that metamtim is If you're eating something treif, you're kind of the mitzvah of a chaybahem, right? Because the person has to eat the treif to live. So you're kind of a mitzvah. Does that treif of food affect you? Because treif of food affects you. And the terrorist says it does. At the end of the day, even if you haven't had to eat it, it does. How do we know that? How do we know that? Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu had no one to nurse him. The mid-tree tried to nurse him. One drop of milk went on his tongue. One drop of milk. Okay, what do you want? He had no one to nurse him, right? Before she came, Miriam and said, there's a woman, a Jewish woman, right? It says... Baruch Hu had to burn out, burn out the spot where that drop went. So therefore, when Paro made the whole test, what do you have to make it test? You want to see if you can take the crown or not? Put a crown and a ball. The little baby. Put a crown and a ball. If he goes for the ball, he's a normal kid. If he goes for the crown, he's taking away the malchus. What's coming up with hot coals? That's how you're going to know? And... It's not even a good test. Listen to this. I heard this. It's amazing. What kind of test was it? If you want to know if he's really going to steal the crown, but if he's a normal kid, he's not putting his hand in the hot coal. So by him taking the crown, that doesn't prove that he wants the kingdom. If you put a ball there, something that a kid likes, and you put a crown there, and he goes for the crown. But you put co- Why would you put coals there? A kid's got to put his hand on the coals. So him going to take the crown doesn't prove he's going to steal the crown. So what do you use coals for? So it says, there's both who put in their mind to use coals because he had to burn that spot on his tongue that was safe. Even though he had a head, he was a baby, he had a head to, to eat it, he didn't have any other food. Tantim Misaleh, there's both who burnt it out of his mouth. I'm giving you this smooth because we're going into summer. These are the challenges of summer. The challenges of summer is Shmiras and Naim, rock and roll, chilling and hanging out and not eating as kosher on the level of kosher. You guys are here in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael, you got to know the Hefshire. It's Badat Svarity. It's Badat. It's Mahadrin, Mina Mahadrin, Mahadrin, Mina, 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 Mina Mahadrin. What you have to give mice, you know, you're so, everyone knows the kosher is in this place is good, this place is no good. You can eat the milk, but you can't eat the flakes. Oh my gosh, it's another day. It's fantastic in Eretz Yisrael, because kosher is, is like, when you come to America, oh, okay, it doesn't have a symbol on it, but I don't see any gelatin in here. So I... <laughs> Why can't we eat this? It changes. But the reason I'm coming to you today, even though I was dead tired, I didn't want to come, is because all these guys, I don't, I don't want you, you made such an investment. 
It's, it's like it, 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 it can break a heart, especially all the rabbis that are here. You made such an investment, and in two weeks, three weeks, everything's gone. That's it. We, we filled up our bank account, and there's nothing left, and it's negative. You started borrowing. So I, I, I can't. I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to help that, that, that. I know you guys work, especially in this yeshiva. You guys work very hard. You're one of the only yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael, and I, I just heard about it yesterday. I, I, I want to be Meshabeach. I want to. I want to bless every guy in this room, and the, and and and, and the yeshiva specifically. Nerabeim, no iPhones. You guys gave in all your technology. No one has. Oh, one guy sitting is like I do, but you don't, you don't know about it. <laughs> I'm saying one guy because I want to do chesed, but that's crazy. If, if you could do that, if you could do that, if you could do that, you could do anything. Because the biggest addiction today is a smartphone. By far. You're able to sit in yeshiva, a whole man, no smartphone? You, you, you could be a couple. You, you, you broke your, you, you, you broke your meadows. You broke everything. The whole world, you're not normal. I'm sure other people are like, you're not normal, you guys. A bunch of freaks. Like you're living in the, like they tell me, because I, you know... You're living in prehistoric. You're in a cave? Should I come by your cave tonight? Like, what do you mean you don't have a smartphone? No, what's that? You're alive? Can we find you somewhere? It's like amazing. And the first thing, Rabbi, you're going to get to America, you're going to hand them that death, that, that death piece. That will kill all the kedusha that everyone has in this room. You're going to get that phone. You're there, baby. You're there. You're in WhatsApp. And all the other stuff, and all the pictures, and all the movies, and all the filth, and all the girls. We got you one second. How many guys in this room can come back next month and say, Rebbe, the phone I use in Eritrea is the phone I use in America. <coughs> I didn't get one. I didn't look at one. I, didn't, I wasn't interested in one. How many guys in this room are going to come back and say that the way I left Yeshiva is the way I came back? Whoever's able to do that, you're going to fly next year. Whoever's not able to do that, you might have wasted a whole year. Because it's going to go right out the window. It's up to you. I don't have one. I don't have one. I do a lot of stuff. I don't have one. You have no excuse. You see, other people will come up to Shemaya after 120 years and say, what, God, wait, Hashem, you actually could live without a smartphone. Nobody told me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was more important to me than my arms. So I'm like, What? Weren't we all created with them? And some girls like today. How come it doesn't say anywhere in the first six days that a smartphone was created, Rebbe? <laughs> I'm like, it wasn't created in the first six days. So, if you can do that, what are you going to tell Hashem? He's going to say, what do you mean? You sat in Yeshiva. Six months, nine months. You know you could go without it. What do you mean you didn't know? You did it. You did it! You did it! Now you're going to go back to it? You know what it feels like. And I forget the Yiddishkeit point. Life. There's time. You can talk to your friends. I'm sure that in this yeshiva, probably the, the friendships are much stronger because you can actually, you learn how to talk to each other instead of, instead of sending a text. I was just by a wedding. They asked me a question. Rebbe, halacha, can he text Harry Atma Kodesh's <laughs> And the two agents are going to text back with Kodesh. <laughs> oh, you have to ask. You have to ask for double fancy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's crazy. They don't know. They don't have to talk to each other. They break the glass, and he texts. Mazel tov. He didn't have to talk to her. <laughs> never talk to her. They don't talk to each other. Well, what's that? 
And guys, I'm such a crook. When I heard this yesterday, I heard this yesterday. I was like, wow. Now my sense is yeshiva, no, self, no. Smartphones, that is crazy. You got to hold on to it. I'm just trying to help you. You got to hold on to that. Something's coming up. Big trap. Huge trap. It's a huge trap. Something's waiting for all of you. And I have to tell you something scary a couple of Yasha says. It's very scary. So sometimes, you know, you have a Yetzirah and all of a sudden, it goes away. It's like I was talking to girls, I was talking to girls, I was talking to girls. I broke up and I have no Yetzirah I lost in to talk to girls anymore. It's amazing. I beat them. Never say that. Don't challenge them. <laughs> I beat them. I have no Yetzirah to do this, to do that, smoke it. So the Kabyosha says, well, where'd he go? If he has you, why would he leave you? It's just something very scary. And if you want me to send you the, the, the Rosh Hashiva, because you're not going to believe what I'm about to say, he says it in the Kabyosha. And the Kabyosha was on the, was on the table of the Chidah, he was on the table of all the Noem Ali Melech. It's one of the most holy Sparm that was ever written. And he writes the following. He says, the life of the other side, of the dark side, lives off our mitzvahs. What does that mean? You think that the Satan and all his guys get kayach from our Averas. An Avera has no life. It's cold and black. There's no life. Mitzvah is like an energy pack. It's light. It's full of energy. The Satan can't live off our Averas because that gives him no life. So what does he do? He makes you do Averis, that Kedusha. He takes that Kedusha away. Now, you're, 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 you're Kedusha-less. So you're, you're not worth anything to him. So he goes away. And he says, no, no, I'm not bothering you anymore. Don't talk to girls. Go learn. Go to every sentence yeshiva. Go shtayik. Fill yourself up. Mole. Mitzvahs. Fill yourself up. Like a spider does to it. You know how a spider kills a fly? How a spider kills a fly? That's why the web is called the web. Why they call it the web, right? What's it? I was into all this stuff. I was into like weird stuff. So I was into ins- I was very into insects. But I lived in Muncie and I was trying to figure out. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, I did the whole story. I did the whole story, but I have to, I did chew it because I used to sit there with a magnifying glass and I used to burn them. So it's <laughs> a very weird kid. Anyway, and I'm doing chew because you know at the end of the, end of life, you know where they put you and they're like, hey, we've been waiting. <laughs> we got the whole family together. You know, you burnt my uncle last year. <laughs> What goes around comes around. <laughs> anyway, so the way the spider kills a fly is the fly gets caught. So that's first of all uh, not fair. Not fair. You didn't do anything. You made a, you made a web and you sat back and you're smoking a pipe. I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. You know, it's not fair. You're not. That's not killing the prey. That's not the lion running after. A lazy thing sits back there, catches an un, some, you know, a fly that didn't see you. Come on. Okay, but anyway, he's pretty mean. So he goes to the fly when it's caught. And he sticks his needle into the fly and he sucks out its blood. But he doesn't kill it. He sucks out enough blood for himself, but then he leaves it living and it, it's stuck in this web. It's never suffering. And it regurgitates its blood. And then he comes back the next day and he takes more blood. And then he lets it suffer another day until the fly can't handle it and it's dead. It's a terrible, terrible bug, this spider. And that's why it's called the web. Because what the web does is you go into the web, right? And... You go there one day, you lose your roughness a little bit, you go back the next day, and the next day, and the next day, you can't get out of it. It's interesting all the words that they use for it. Web, right, which catches people, which catches, net, which catches things, cell, where prisoners are, all the words that are used in technology. Yeah, it's serious. It's all, it's all the same thing. And then, of course, you know, on the, I said all the time that on the keyboard, it says enter, but it doesn't say exit. It says escape. 
Weird. <laughs> so they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. And what's written in this world is written in that world. So it's not by accident. It's not by accident, that's for sure. And apple, the symbol of apple, is an apple that's bit out of. Why did they bite out of the apple? Because by the Christians, in their Bible, the, the symbol of the biggest avera that was ever done was Eve, right, Chava, taking the apple out of off the tree, which wasn't an apple, and she bit into it. And then if you ever, you should never look, but if you go to a motel or a hotel and you look in Gideon's Bible that they have it next to the bed, right? Now maybe they can stop with articles, I'm not sure. But in the meanwhile, <laughs> that's what they have. She's standing there by the tree, the snake is wrapped around her in the tree, and she's holding this big apple that looks exactly like the apple of apple. So the whole thing, whatever, if you just look at what's going on over there, it's not, uh, it's not a place for, not a pl- you know, it's not really a place for us. But anyway, so this is what the Kaviyashi says, boys, this is so scary. So why did he leave you alone this year? Guys come over to me and say, Rabbi, I had the best year. I was in Eretz Yisrael. I'm learning. I'm not talking to the girls. Girls try to reach me. I don't talk to anyone. I'm the Kedusha. I'm, I'm Shemir's Habris. I, I, I took on so many things at me center. We spoke. And I took, I, I'm cu- what happened? The Yitzhah dropped dead? Like he doesn't come into this room? Until Mashiach is very much alive. So there's a Kaviyasha. He walks away and he says, Build up. Build up. Fill yourself. Fill yourself with mitzvahs. Fill yourself with Kedusha. You come back to America. I'm going to come back so hard. I'm going to take all your Torah, all your mitzvahs, all your Tzvah. I'm going to suck you dry. There's not going to be anything left of everything that you did. And that's why I left you alone a whole year. Says the Kamayosha. You think the Ezehara trapped us? We can trap him. We know your game. So good, you went away. You're like, yeah, go away, leave me alone. And when I get back to some, I'm going to give you back all my Kedusha. And then when it comes to the sum, you're like, sucker. I'm not giving you back nothing. You let me get away with it this year, I am keeping it all. You're not getting nothing. And so it's like, oh, I wonder if I would have known that. I wouldn't have let him get away with this the whole year. I would have been bothering meeting girls in, in Yushalayim, in town. Oh my gosh. Too late, man. I beat you at your own game. You thought you were trapping me. I trapped you. Kavayasha, boys. Not a joke. Wow! It's up to you what happens this summer, man. Are you a fly? Stuck in a web? Just to feed him? Give him more kayaks to give us cancer? And diseases and fights and machlekes and no shalom bias and all the stuff that the mazikim and the other side bring to the world. Is that what we're going to give them? Or are we going to trick them and say, you know what, thank you very much for my year. I'm not giving you nothing. In fact, next year, I'm going back. But if you want to give me another year off that you're not going to bother me, I'll give you everything next summer. <laughs> Keep stringing them along until you're 120. <laughs> He's not very smart, even though he's listening. He's like, Wallstein's, well, don't, don't mess with me. <laughs> he's not very smart. That whole thing with the chauffeur, I mean, come on, you should have picked up on it already. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Um, I want to end with two thoughts. By the way, you should just know that eh, it's not what I prepared to speak about today. I was going to talk about Pasha's Bullock. I don't know where I, where I ended up, but okay. <laughs> So when I'm in Eretz Yisrael, I say chayk. Chayk is, um, chayk is every single day. It's Chumash, Navi, Ksuvim, Mishnah, Gemara, Zayar, Musar, and Halacha. 
and every single day in the chayk, you know, so, so in America I don't really have time to do it, but in Israel I sit by the Kaisel and I do it. And many people do it, see them specifically, they say, they say it in America, they say it all the time. I want to read you something unbelievable from the Zaya about Tefillah. And he says the following, I'm, I'm going to read to you in Hebrew, not in, not in Zaya language. A person who davens all day, three tefillahs, right? There's a, there's a call that goes out that God says, and Hashem says, this person who goes to Minyan three times a day, he is, which is another challenge in the summer, right? He is definitely my servant. What is this call, Shnikra Avdeh, that is called a servant? It's a praise from my Kodesh Baruch Hu. See, Yotza all of Kol Shuavgai that Hashem says, "This is my servant." Right? Shekol Nishma B'Chol Elu Harikim. When Hashem says it's about Mayor, that Mayor is my servant, it goes through all the heavens. Shu Eved Hamalach Hakadosh, because he's the, he's the Eved of the, of the King. But he says the following, which is very interesting. He says, "Listen to this: that when Klai Yisrael gets together to daven." In Shul. So when Sitra Achra, the Yetzirah, gets up and he closes all the doors. If he doesn't want the Torah, to, he doesn't want the Tila to get to the other, the other side. The Gimel Pa'amim Bayayim, this is of course Kabbalah, but we can learn this. Three times a day, Holchem has Sitra Achra, Zachar, and Nikeva, the Satan and his wife go, who mishtated them Ba'ilam. And they leave Shemayim and they fly around the world. And at that time that they leave Shemayim to fly around the world, where do they go in the world? They go to the two dark mountains where the Nephilim are, where the two Azah, where, where the two terrible Malachim are. And that's where they give their strength and they get their strength. So for three times a day, they're not in Shemayim. They're out. But That's the time to daven. Because the Satan and his wife are in the mountains of darkness, they open up the windows in Shemayim that these two are keeping closed because they're not there now. And the gates are open to all the shuls. On the heads of all those that are davening. And Hashem puts these lights, these oiroys, which you can't see, in your head. What happens to the people that are not in shul? Hashem asks, what about, where are all the guys that are not there? Hashem says, to the person who, come, who used to come to shul, but he's not in shul right now. So by the time he davens, those two, the Sutton and his wife, are going to be back and all the gates are going to be closed. And this light that Hashem is sending to the world, he's not there to accept it. Like Hashem is giving to all other person, but he's not getting it. What a big loss we're losing. 
the ilu hayisham. If you would have been in shul, yiftach v'shem Hashem v'chal ever rishon. So what the Zayar is saying, that when it comes to the Zman of Tefillah, not after the Zman of Tefillah, not after, not 11 o'clock, davening, not davening Meir, who knows when, not davening Mincha after the Zman, there are Zmanim. But the reason there are Zmanim with Tefillah, says the Zayar, there are times when the gates are open because the gate watchers, who are the Sultan and his wife, are not there. They're in the Harare Choshech. And then we could sneak in a Tefillah that the windows are going to be open. But if you don't daven bismanoi and you're not there, the loss, you're going to daven later, the gates are closed. Just go off to daven, the gates are closed. No tefillah b'tzibur in the summer is also very important. And there's one more thing, which is a very big shmira. And that every boy here, when you're home, should take on something to do for Shabbos. What I mean by do for Shabbos, help your mother shop, buy the flowers, I don't care what you buy. Buy the flowers, buy the chalas, go to the mikvah, do something, specifically a preparation for Shabbos. Don't go play ball in Marine Park or wherever you're playing basketball. Go first in the morning, buy something for Shabbos, buy chocolate for Shabbos, I don't what you buy for Shabbos. Buy the wine, buy the grape juice, buy the chalas, it doesn't matter. But you are home, buy something for Shabbos. And he says, something really scary, this is not a Zaya. I think it's the next day. A story about a woman who worked, I don't know if you guys listen to my shirim lately, um, but I, I got, I, I spoke about taking Shabbos a little bit, taking Shabbos a little bit early. Um, five minutes early, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big game changer. Listen to this. Shana Chacham. And I, I don't work anymore. I used to work Friday. I don't work anymore Friday. After, after Mincha, Mr. Bruce, the halacha is that you shouldn't work on Friday. You should stop working by Mincha Gedayla. But with the Yevad, you can start, you can stop working by Mincha Tana. But really, you shouldn't travel after Chatzais, but you really, by Mincha Gedayla, you shouldn't be working anymore. But there are many people who just don't work Friday. They learn. They sit and learn Fridays. They share Shirim. They prepare for Shabbos. They buy Friday. They do take care of Shabbos. Halakhically, you can go all the way to Mincha Tana. But listen to this. So he says a story like this. It's from the Sefer Chassidim. People who do work on, on, on Erev Shabbos or Erev Yantif, Uba Matzei Shabbos, they go to work on Matzei Shabbos, Uba Matzei Yom Tovim or Matzei Yantif, right? Uba Chanukah, Uba Purim, who work on Chanukah and Purim, okay. Any place that you're not allowed to fast, he holds and says the Hasidim is like a Yantiv. Eno Rayam Simon Brachalila. We know that Mishra you're not going to see the Simon Bracha for it. My Isha Achad. There's a story about a woman she said Taiva Bear of Shabbos. I don't know what Taiva is, I think she sewed. I'm not sure what Taiva means. Or some type of work. And she didn't take care of Shabbos, Arab Shabbos, the way she was supposed to. Umesa and she died. Somebody had a dream. They were burning, I guess she was sewing. They were burning her eyes and her hands in flax, which becomes silk. So they asked her, Lama Dina Whoa, that's a bad Dina that you're going through this din. Because she worked Arab Shabbos with Pishtan, with, with flax, I guess, you know, linen, 
So every person should, I learned this this morning, it's in the chalk of this morning, so I guess it's a message. Every person should do something for Shabbos. you got to protect yourself, boys. So you got to have Shemir Sinayim, you got to not listen to the music that you, that you shouldn't be listening to. You have to be careful with the internet, which you don't have right now. You should daven tzil in this mind. And, and, and you should do something for Shabbos. These are all things that are going to protect you. You don't want to do them, it's up to you. It's your life. But why did you work so hard? Just to flip it over to him, to the other side? To give him life to hurt us? To get some Arab to, uh, to blow up a vest and kill a bunch of Jews? Because that's what Mazikim, that's what the Sultan does. He takes that, that energy and he gives energy to the dark side. That's what you want to do with your, with your energy? You want to keep it. It's your bank account. You guys are all rich. You had it unbelievable. You made a deposit every day. Till bit civil. Learning. You loaded up your bank account. Now you're going to just take it all and say, here's my, here's my bank card, guys. Sutton. You can go buy all the bad stuff. All right. Let me give you a bracha. There's an interesting mission in Pirkei Avos. I'm going to give you a crazy twist you never heard of. Never heard before. I've spoken slapish about this a few weeks ago. It's a crazy twist. There is a Mishnah that sounds like the most anti-psychology therapist. If, the, if a therapist would read this Mishnah, they'd become an atheist. <laughs> On the spot. On the spot. Think about three things. And you won't sin. What should we think about? Hashem? No. Know where you come from. Know where you're going. And who are you going to give Din Vecheshman? Okay. Where do you come from? Ma'im Basa, where do you come from? Metipa Shrucha, from a putrid drop. Well, that's great. I feel good about myself. I used to have low self esteem. Now you tell me I'm from a putrid drop? Fantastic. Ulana Toheles, where am I going? Lamakam Aifarima, you're going to the worms and the maggots. You schmuck, let's see what else this mission has to say. You come from nowhere, you're going nowhere, but guess what? You're going to pay anyway. <laughs> Who are you going to give Din Vecheshvan? In front of God. So what the mission is saying is, you come from nowhere, you're going nowhere, and you're going to pay a big price for it. Oh, wow. You're supposed to tell everyone, come from greatness. Your potential is greatness. And God is merciful. I like that mission. <laughs> That's not what Maccabi Menhal said. It looks like it's the most negative Mishnah for our generation. If you showed this to the therapeutic part, they would say, you're not allowed to teach this Mishnah. To our kids, we're different today. You can't tell a kid he comes from nowhere. you got to talk about potential. You can't tell him he's going nowhere. You know what you are? You're food for the maggots. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. I feel really great about myself. <laughs> what, what is this? Well, what's with Maccabi Menhal? No, you wouldn't. Ready? Listen to this. First of all, where does he come up with this metipas frucha? A rotten drop. If you want to quote where we come from, right? In Bereshis, when Hashem spoke to Adam, he said, after he got a eight from the Eitzadas, Hashem said, you come from the Afar, from dust, and you're going to go to dust. Okay, so in the second part of the Mishnah, he did say, right? Limkaim Afar. So he quoted the Torah. You're going to go to dust and maggots. But if you're telling me where we come from, why don't you quote the Torah? The Torah says that you come from dust. So what's with the... 
should say a person comes from dust, he's going from dust you come, I think the Graham have a whole saying, right? From dust you come, from dust you go, whatever it is. So I said like this this week. Ah, Kavya Mahalo is not saying anything negative. He's saying something crazy deep and positive. People are like, I can't, I can't struggle. I'm finishing it. I can't struggle. I don't have the Kayach to struggle. I have such a Yetzirah. I have such a Yetzirah. Rebbe, I can't. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. You've got to let me go. I can't. I'm struggling my whole life. My parents struggle. I struggle. I, I don't have it in me to struggle. Says a Kavya Ben Mahalo. You all did your biology. I don't need to teach you biology. The female produces one cell, which is an egg. One cell. The man produces a million cells. Why? One cell male, one cell female, they meet, you get pregnant. What's with all the other guys? The tipa shrucha that becomes rotten. Why does Shem do that? Anyone have any idea? Why does Shem do that? One cell, one cell. If they meet and it works out, you get pregnant. What's this tipa shrucha he's trying to talk about? Not afar, trying to tell us a lesson. And the answer is that every single person in this room, every one of us, struggled before we came into this world against a million others. There's a million cells in that tipa shrucha. And you won. Because if you didn't win, you wouldn't be sitting here. The tipa shrucha, all the other cells ratted, died, finished, no potential. You battled before you were even an embryo, before you were anything. You battled. You struggled to get where all the other ones couldn't. And you made it. You come from a tipa shrucha. They're all gone. But you're here. What are you doing that you made it? All those other guys, cells, didn't make it. Maybe if they would have made it, they would have been much greater than you. You come from a tipa shrucha. You battled against millions. And you're the only one that made it. So you can never say, I can't struggle. Hashem's like, what do you mean? I put into your DNA before you even came into this world. I put into your DNA that you could be victorious in the biggest struggle. The struggle to come to life. The biggest struggle. You won. Every one of us. Every one of us won. We wouldn't be here. I am Basa. Where you come from? Atipa Shrucha. They're all dead. The only one who made it. You know who you are? Who your potential is? How are you going to answer? All right. Listen. Right now I'm not so good. Right now, even though I'm the only one that made it, okay, but I will be. Oh, no, darling. You never know when you're going to be leaving here. When you leave here, there's no potential. There's Afar. Nothing grows in Afar. There's Rima Vesalea. It's over. Don't you think that you could push it off? You come from something amazing. You're going to a place where there's no more potential. That space of time between when you came here and when you're leaving, you better use it. Because once that's over, you're just afar. But, in the end of time, Hashem knows every guy's in this room struggle. And there's something called din v'chashem. The mission doesn't say that in the end of time, you're going to have din. 
with something called Din Vichajman. Din is the fact. The Yitzhahara comes up with all the facts. He did this and he did this. And they have a whole thing of all the facts that you did. Then Hashem says, okay, those are the facts. Now we got to make a Cheshman. He came from a terrible family. I gave him a more of a Yitzhahara for this. He had this, he had that. We have to make a whole Cheshman. Everyone has a different Cheshman. I gave him, this guy had 185, 145 IQ. This kid is struggling. He only has a 95 IQ. He's struggling with the Gemara. So even though he doesn't, didn't ever finish Shas, but what he did, the Cheshman is, his one page is worth 15 times times Shas. So Shem has to do a whole Cheshman. Ah, you struggle to get in here. You got stuff done before the maggot showed up when it's over. Now you're going to go up and you're gonna, there's going to be a din and there's going to be a cheshbon. Even if you did something that's wrong, Kshbok is going to make a cheshbon. So instead of being the most negative Mishnah, the flip side, what Akavya Mahala was saying. You're a winner! Or you wouldn't be here. You're a winner! Do something before you become dust. But no, but no matter what, Kshbok was a vinu mashamayim and he's going to give a cheshbon. There's going to be a cheshbon. Everyone is judged differently. So I'm begging you guys, like you were my own sons, to watch your child grow and change his life. Be without an, without an iPhone, without girls, in a, in, a, in a place of Torah and mitzvahs, in a place of minion. And you see your child grow. And you have all these hopes for him. And you have these potentials and this picture in your mind of, oh my gosh, Look how my son grew. He's going to get off the plane. Your mother's going to be like, my God, he's so gorgeous. He grew. Like, you haven't grown in five years. Like, he grew. I'm telling you. Tati, he grew. Look at that. He looks so handsome. Those are mothers. If we had three ears, they'd be like, wow, look how handsome he is. Isn't that great? He has three ears. He can put his glasses. Okay, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> They're so proud of you. They're so excited for you to come home. Don't let the spider get you guys. Don't. Let the spider get you. Come back here next year on even a higher level. You should be all good bench. My bracha to all of you is you should have an amazing summer and you should have what's called Shmira Me'al from Shemayim. Shmokhu should give you a special Shmira. You should be watched, no car accidents. Be careful during the nine days. Don't do anything crazy. You're carrying a huge backpack of Torah and mitzvahs. You are a target. Every guy in here, you are the guy that's carrying the bag of grenades. I had a friend that got killed in the war here in Eretz Yisrael. He carried the knapsack of all the grenades for the group. The Arabs hit him because if they hit him, they took everyone else out. Because then all the grenades go. You're carrying a bag of grenades. And he knows it. If he takes you down, he takes your chavrusas down, he takes the yeshiva down, he takes a lot with it. You're coming back Full of Torah and mitzvahs. Protect it. Should be Matzliach. You shouldn't have to leave. I shouldn't have to leave tonight. Mashiach should come here and get rid of this sucking guy. And don't. You pulled a good one on him. You can be proud. You just like. Think it back to him. Like, hey, thanks for the year, man. Thanks for leaving me alone. Some guys are like, he didn't leave me alone, but okay. You should have a Tzlachim Bacha. Thank You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.